Hello, welcome to the Shrimp Teeth Podcast, where we discuss alternative relationships, queerness, and sexuality. My name is Sam. First, a note for new listeners. On this podcast, we aren't afraid to dive into topics that are considered non-normative, controversial, or even taboo. We talk to folks with a range of different identities and experiences. We don't expect you to agree on every concept presented. We simply ask that you keep an open mind, relax, and enjoy while we get learning. So this is the first ever Shrimp Teeth podcast episode. I'm really excited to be here. Glad that you're all joining me. I want to introduce myself on this first episode, talk about how I got here, what you can expect of me in the future, and I also want to discuss what this podcast is going to be about and what you can expect from us. So let's just jump in. Uh, who am I? <laughs> so my name is Sam. I use she, they pronouns. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of had a hard time uh, figuring out how to do this intro. You know, I was gonna just list all of my identifiers and then realize that that didn't really make a whole lot of sense because it's been such a journey to get to who I understand I am today. And that hasn't always been the case. So I'm gonna give you a quick background on where I came from and hopefully that'll give you a better idea. So first, I was born in Quebec. My first language is French. I learned English when I moved to New York um, around the age of six. I grew up in an expat family, so we spent um, middle school in Japan. I went to public Japanese school for a while. Then we eventually moved to Italy when I was in high school, only to come back to the U.S., I ended up in the same school district um, in upstate New York as where I had gone to elementary school and there I connected with a friend who eventually became my best friend, who eventually became my husband. Um, We spent a decade together. At first we were long distance. I was in uh, school in New York studying packaging design and eventually getting my MA in consumer psychology while he was living in Kentucky um, studying engineering. We kind of ping pong back and forth living together and going our separate ways for a while and then reconnecting once again. Um, and eventually we ended up in Brooklyn together uh, through grad school and eventually moved to Portland, Oregon, which is where I live now. So throughout that relationship, I was really struggling to understand my sexuality as well as my relationship structures. Um, It was really hard for us to stay monogamous, especially when we were long distance. We practiced a lot of don't ask, don't tell. But throughout all of it, we remained pretty committed to our friendship and were willing to have the flexibility to live our lives together. Um, So eventually after school, Um, you know, both him and I graduated and I was working in advertising in New York, living with him, and I just knew that something didn't feel right. You know, I ticked off most of the boxes on the normative relationship as well as work escalator, uh, but it just didn't feel like I was living my authentic life or self. I didn't really recognize who I was. And we both ended up deciding to move to Portland. New York City just ultimately wasn't working for us. 
After we moved, I met a woman and decided that cheating on my partner wasn't an option. I never really understood or heard the term ethical non-monogamy up until that point, but I started reading The Ethical Slut and trying to figure out how to formalize what my partner and I had been doing without cheating and without hurting um, each other, breaking that pattern of trust. While all of this was unfolding, I was realizing that I didn't like working in advertising anymore. I was taking on a lot of freelance gigs and one of the companies I was working for was a safer sex center at the University of Toronto. They pretty much hired me to make an erotic coloring book that focused on consent so that they could have it in their campus office. As I dived into that project, I started making a lot more erotic uh, drawings and I started posting them to Instagram. Most of those drawings depicted my journey um, and my struggle with understanding my sexuality as well as this newfound polyamorous relationship. Um, while I was posting them, suddenly people started following me. I ended up with thousands of followers and a lot of people who were telling me that they had similar relationship problems and experiences. What I didn't realize was that the years of Don't Ask, Don't Tell um, that me and my husband had engaged in had absolutely not prepared us for ethical non-monogamy. So there was a lot of learning that we had to go through. We were having a bunch of conversations about our relationship, about how to manage jealousy, about how to do emotional attunement, and everything else that goes with learning how to be polyam. Similarly, I found that the years of suppressing my sexual orientation, staying in the closet, and trying to assimilate to this like very hetero-aggressive corporate culture meant that I didn't really know how to be out, proud, slutty, kinky, and fully myself. So I was realizing I was really a work in progress and illustrating what I was experiencing and some of the discoveries that I was making as a way to work through that journey. So at the same time, while all of this was happening, I realized that I wanted to leave consumer research. Like I really did like understanding people's behaviors, preferences, and what was driving their purchasing decisions, but I was struggling with a capitalist model that just focused on constant innovation and prioritized profit over the good of people. It didn't match with my political ideology. I didn't want to work in advertising anymore. I was starting to get really burnt out. Um, what I found instead was that the conversations I was having on social media were pretty similar to what I'd been trained to do. Um, they prioritized a lot of listening skills, talking to a bunch of different people, and sort of recognizing what worked for them and how that was different for, from what worked for other people. So if you substitute essentially uh, learning about a product and people's attitudes toward that product with relationship structures, we were getting really close to some of the work that needed to be done for polyamory or ethical non-monogamy. And I was doing that work in my private life and started applying it to my professional life. Um, since I was doing a lot of work in my relationship, I just started showing folks the um, methodology that I was using with my partner and allowing them to decide whether or not that worked for them. I started doing more and more research about polyamory, queerness, sexuality, and by the end of that year, I'd read a giant pile of books, written daily content about my experience, and pretty much thought through a lot of the concepts I'd been grappling with. I started getting flooded with DMs from other folks who were also in straight assumed relationships and were coming into their queerness seeking to practice ethical non-monogamy as a solution. They pretty much didn't have any place to go and so I offered a sounding board support as well as the resources that I had used myself. 
I started offering phone sessions with people who needed help and one-on-one conversations, and that's when I started using the tools and the lessons that I learned while moderating focus groups to pretty much facilitate those conversations. And by talking to more and more people, I understood that a lot of what I was going through wasn't really unique to my experience. There were a lot of common struggles that we experienced, even though we all had different ways of finding solutions. And yet there was a pretty big thirst for knowledge since most of the relationship education that exists out there is catered specifically to compulsory monogamous relationships. And same thing with sex education is really focused and targeted on cis hetero folks. Um, So I pretty much started filling in some of the gaps that I was noticing in education and pretty much seeking out the answers that I had been looking for and wasn't able to find readily accessible. That's when I started compiling book lists um, that people didn't necessarily know about and just helping folks find the resources that I had been looking for, um, really trying to become a hub of information so that people didn't have to go through all of the same questioning that I did. And that's when I started compiling workbooks um, based off of the frameworks and conversations that I had with my partners, pretty much parsing out what was useful and what wasn't. A lot of this was trial and error, and I developed frameworks like BAYS, which stands for Boundaries, Agreements, Expectations, and Solutions, to help couples have conversations to make their non-monogamous practice a little bit easier to navigate. Uh, Pretty much creating some of the frameworks that already exist in compulsory monogamy, but applying it to polyamory. So meanwhile, all of this was happening. I was finding that my polyam practice was becoming a lot easier to navigate. I was feeling a lot more confident in my identity. I started identifying more publicly as a lesbian. Um, and then I, you know, once that once I was out of the closet, pretty much just started dating people way more openly, um, which was a really nice relief and got into a lot more kink um, experiences, which supported my identity in a whole other way and that's when the pandemic hit (laughs) and that was pretty unexpected the women that i'd been dating for under a month essentially became my primary partner i moved in with her my husband and i went through a pretty complicated legal divorce um, and i ended up in a far more monogamous relationship than i'd ever thought was possible for me or that I had ever experienced before. And so that pretty much started a whole different period of transition in my life. Um, What I found was that the loss of my previous pals also gave me a lot more time to think and reflect about myself. Uh, I started focusing more on Um, gender identity questions that I've been wrestling with for a long time and I talked to people about that too over the phone and recognized that I wasn't the only one going through that experience either. The pandemic really has helped a lot of folks sort of grapple with their sexuality and gender identity questions and again I was just a sounding board when people didn't have a lot of resources out there to be able to talk to. Um, A lot of the conversations I had were pretty casual but again themes kept coming up and I could continued publishing a lot more resources and guides to help folks navigate through that. Um, I also started embracing my queer community a lot more and noticed a lot of similarities in the dynamics between ethical non-monogamy and queer community, and so just went back into the type of work that I was doing and found ways to solidify the experiences that I had with the platonic people in my life that felt more like familial structures. 
So pretty much my job has been evolving for a really long time. Um, for a stint there, I was working as a marketing director for a sex toy company. And after about a year of doing that, I left just to focus on shrimp teeth exclusively. I found that I really enjoy um, talking to people on the phone primarily, as well as creating the resources that people are looking for. And so with this podcast, it's pretty much just an extension of all the work that I have been doing. Um, I really like interviewing folks who are in the sexuality, queer education community. I love talking to people on the phone and just like hearing everyone's different experiences. I think these topics are vast and fascinating and that we need to talk more and more about them. Doing this job, I've also noticed a lot of difficulties um, that people face who are working in the sexuality industry, including censorship, targeting, deplatforming from social media companies, banks, and other institutions. So I always like to sprinkle in a little anti-capitalist rant um, as I go along. But essentially, I'm just here to keep learning, and it's been kind of a big transition up to this point, and I think that these experiences are really interesting and vital to talk about because, like I said, (laughs) one thing that I have taken away from this is that I am not alone in having these experiences. A lot of people are going through very, very similar um, life transitions, and I just want to be there for you all and share my experience at the same time. That was kind of a whirlwind, but I feel like a little complexity is often beneficial in these introductions. Like, it's super easy for me to just simply say I'm a kinky, polyam, gender-fluid, lesbian sex educator, but at the same time, that kind of misses a lot of the transitions and backstories that led me to be where I am today and have really given me the credentials to do the type of work that I do. And part of what I want to accomplish with this podcast is to talk about sex, queerness, and relationships, but even more, I want to embrace the complexity of our human experiences. Like I said, life isn't a simple, straightforward narrative. Sometimes our relationships shape our identities and are influenced by our community and impact our work. All of these things are interrelated, and it's really easy to put people into boxes and leave it at that, but I find that the whole story is far more important. So on our podcast, we'll talk about an array of different topics and dive into the nuances. I want to make it clear up front that we won't get everything perfectly, obviously. At the end of the day, what we're sharing are personal stories and experiences, and they don't follow a template. We'll talk about what we did get right, what we've learned, the things that we're currently unlearning, what we struggle with, and also admit the things that we've gotten wrong and the lessons we've taken away from that. And that's okay too. Above all, what we want is to be an open place to have conversations that are often ignored, dismissed, or shrouded in shame. I'll also be interviewing guests so that you can hear a variety of different experiences. Obviously, I mostly share my personal stories, but I am not the center of the universe, and it is really lovely to hear from other sexuality professionals, kinky and polyam folks, as they share their stories. You'll also get to meet our wonderful office manager and my soon-to-be co-host, Shani. She's about to get married this weekend to her lovely fiancé, soon-to-be partner, uh, Eli, and is really busy with that, but I'm sure you will meet her soon. And I think that's pretty much it. I really hope that you'll continue following along. Obviously, this was just an intro to who I am. You'll get to meet all of us and hear even more about relationships, sex, and polyamory. 
Thank you again so much for listening. This was a nerve-wracking first episode, but I am happy that y'all tuned in, and I hope you will continue to follow along as we get into more intimate topics. I think that about covers it for today. If you want to learn more, you can find us at shrimpteeth.com. And don't forget to use our code SHRIMPTEETHPOD, all one word, for 10% off when you book a peer support session. We offer confidential conversations for individuals, couples, and polycules about any of the topics that we covered today and beyond. You can also support this show and get a bunch of fabulous content, including daily erotica, over on patreon.com slash shrimpteeth. You'll also gain access to our community Discord channel when you sign up. Hope to see you next time. Don't forget to masturbate, also pee after sex, and use lube. Goodbye!